important. The government might tell you that something's important, but if they don't fund it um, in the budget, then clearly they don't really think it's important. Um, and if we look at these tax cuts, when they come in in their first year, they'll cost $17.7 billion. Now, that's more than the government spends on higher education. All their university spending, it's more than that. It's more than the, the government spends on public schools. It's more than they spend on the childcare subsidy. In fact, it's even more than they spend on the pharmaceutical benefit scheme. So these are all things that the government values less than the stage three tax cuts. One for mum, one for dad, one for the country. And there has never been a more exciting time to be an Australian. Budgets are about choices, Fran, and you show what you value through the choices you make. This is coal. Don't be afraid. The Don't be scared. Treasurer. The Treasurer knows. I want an economy that works for people, not the other way around. We'll just end up being a third-rate economy. You know, Republic. Just follow the money. G'day, and welcome to Follow the Money, the Australia Institute's podcast that explains big economic issues in plain English. I'm Ebony Bennett, Deputy Director at the Australia Institute, and today we're going to be discussing the government's controversial $240 billion Stage 3 tax cuts, currently legislated to start in 2024. The Stage 3 tax cuts come up again. Something originally the Labor Party was opposed to. It's now been legislated and Labor says they support it. They've been legislated. We support them. We stand by that. What they are quite possibly the worst tax cuts ever devised by any government. Tax cuts that would most benefit high-income earners. I don't think we need tax cuts for the wealthy. I think that's hugely problematic. I do support them. They're legislated. Stage three uh, is the least responsible, uh, least affordable, uh, least fair. It's going to increase inequality. First Nations people will see the least benefit and be the hardest hit by this tax reform. Should be abandoned, reversed, abolished, got rid of. How are Labor's Stage 3 tax cuts actually good for the economy? With the Australia Institute's Revenue Summit coming up next week and the federal budget just a few weeks away, tax and revenue are back at the centre of the national economic conversation. The Stage 3 tax cuts, which were initially legislated by the coalition government, were adopted by Labor and have been described by the Labor government as an election promise. But which is going to be worse for the Labor government? Breaking an election promise or being seen to deliver massive tax cuts for the wealthy Australians while so many people are struggling to make ends meet? To unpack the Stage 3 tax cuts and why they're such a bad economic idea, I'm joined by Matt Grudnoff, Senior Economist at the Australia Institute. G'day, Matt. G'day, Ebony. Matt, for those of us who are just tuning into this conversation now and have maybe never heard of the Stage 3 tax cuts before, what are they and how will they work? Well, the Stage 3 tax cuts are the third stage of the an income tax plan that the Coalition brought in many, many years ago now, back in 2018. Um, and the first two stages have already passed. Um, but the third stage is actually the largest part of it, and it's due to start in 2024. And um, it overwhelmingly goes to high income earners. And what it basically does is it's going to rip an entire tax bracket out of the tax system. So it's going to flatten our progressive income tax system. It's going to make it less progressive by taking an entire income tax bracket out, the 37 cent bracket. Okay. And so when we talk about it, um, mostly benefiting higher income Australians, I know that you in the past have done some breakdowns of the tax cuts and who they will benefit most, starting with income. 
What can you tell me about who's going to benefit from these tax cuts? Yeah, so the top 20% of income earners are going to get 75% of the benefit from this tax cut. Um, and the bottom 20% in comparison will get nothing. So top 20% get 75% of the benefit, three quarters of the benefit, bottom 20% don't get a cent. Don't get anything at all. Not at Nothing at all. Okay. So coming back to that thing where you explained it's kind of taking out a whole tax bracket, can you just unpack for me why that's so bad for kind of lower income people because of our progressive tax system and flattening it? Why is that a, a bad thing for low income earners? Yeah, it's a good question. So basically, our progressive income tax system, income tax is the biggest um, source of revenue, um, the biggest tax we have in Australia. And the reason it works so well is that those that are most able to pay, high income earners, pay a bigger proportion of tax. And so as your income goes up, the percentage rate of tax that you pay on every extra dollar you earn gets higher and higher and higher. And the idea of that is, is that because higher income earners have the, the best ability to pay, they're able to pay more and more tax. So if we flatten that out, what we effectively do is, is we mean we give very large tax cuts to high income earners um, and very little to low income earners. And the reason that uh, the progressive income tax is so important is because that money then basically creates space for government services, which are far more evenly spread. So they help fund universal health care, universal education, all these sort of things that lower income people um, have more access to. It's cut that would see someone on $200,000, $9,000 a year better off. I don't think billionaires need a $9,000 a year per year forever tax cut. They're really unfair. The bulk, the vast bulk of the tax cuts go to middle to very high income earners. So that's very unfair, particularly at a time when there's cost of living pressures. What they're all about is really giving a lot of money to the wealthy. So, Matt, before we go any further, uh, you mentioned that these will damage Australia's kind of progressive income tax system. What do you mean by that? And, and why is having a progressive income tax system important? Well, a progressive income tax system means that not only do people on higher incomes pay more tax because they earn more dollars, they actually pay a bigger proportion of tax. So the percentage of their their income paid in tax is higher as they earn more and more. And we do that, if you think about ta income tax, through tax brackets. So income tax starts with a tax-free threshold where you pay nothing up to that point. And then, it, you know, you pay 19 cents in the dollar and then 32 and a half cents in the dollar and then 30 seven cents in the dollar and finally 45 cents in the dollar. So it's going up as your income goes up. So the more that you're earning, the kind of the more capacity that you have to contribute essentially is the idea. That's right. Higher income earners by definition have more income so they're, they're able to afford to pay more tax. And really that's, I think in the past you've described that as the, the jewel in the crown of our tax system because it's a fairness measure, essentially. That's right. Um, and it also collects the most revenue. It's the, the single biggest tax in Australia. And what it does is it creates room in the economy for the government to spend into it on things like health, education, transport networks, all the things that we value and all the things that um, disproportionately help out lower income people. And so when we're talking about income, 
Uh, what are the kind of top incomes that we're talking about and how much are they going to be benefiting a year from these tax cuts? Well, if we look at just people earning more than $180,000 a year, so we're right at the top now, if you earn more than $180,000 a year, over the next 10 years, you will get about 50% of this tax cut. So half of the tax cut is going to people, just people earning over $180,000 a year. So, Matt, if you're on $180,000 or $200,000, these high income earners, how much are you going to benefit? Yeah, it's a great question. So if you're earning more than $200,000 a year, you'll get just over $9,000 a year in tax cuts. And if you earn less than $45,000 a year, you'll get nothing. So less than $45,000, so from zero to 45, nothing. Zip. Zip, and then you get a tiny amount. You get about two and a half percent for every dollar after forty-five thousand. But then it accelerates rapidly as we get towards the top. So eventually, if you're you're earning two hundred thousand, you'll get get the the maximum amount of that tax cut, and that's just over nine thousand dollars a year. Nine thousand dollars every year. Every year, and yep. these are permanent tax cuts. So that's nine nine thousand dollars every year that people on two hundred thousand dollars are going to get. Yep, and that's why they're costing so much. Um, the tax cut in the first year is $17.7 billion a year. And then over the, the next 10 years, that um, totals up to uh, $243.5 billion. Because by the end of the decade, the tax cuts have grown from $17.7 billion, which is an enormous amount of money, They've grown all the way up to about $36 billion a year. And when we talk about people earning $200,000 a year, what does that mean for various occupations? Just to give people kind of a practical sense of who we're talking about in the economy, what are some low-income type occupations who are going to be the type that are missing out compared to those higher-income salaries? Yeah, so we looked at kind of average earnings for various occupations that the Australian Bureau of Statistics has data for, and we found that aged care workers, disability care workers, baristas, cafe workers, these kind of workers will get zero. Because they earn less than $45,000 a year, they'll get nothing from this tax cut. Those that get the maximum rate, those that on average earn more than $200,000 a year, well, they're people like surgeons, barristers and politicians. Um, every federal politician earns more than $200,000 a year. Um, so they'll so be getting the maximum $9,000 Every federal $9, poli- politician will get nine, more than $9,000 a year in tax cut. Wow. The Greens are fiercely opposed to such a scheme. They want to scrap it. The tax cuts that were legislated by a former parliament uh, come in in around two years' time. Uh, the government's position on those tax changes uh, hasn't changed. Uh, our priority... My question is to the Treasurer. Last week, in an interview on Sky News, the Minister for Finance refused to rule out changes to franking credits, changes to negative gearing and refused to rule out scrapping stage three tax cuts. We've made our position on tax very clear and what we have said is our priority when it comes to tax reform is multinational taxes. That's quite, quite unfair and quite a political kind of um, dilemma that the Labor government finds themselves with because... We're in the middle of a cost of living crisis, Matt, and people are really struggling to make ends meet. 
the government and the treasurer have been out ahead of the budget kind of saying this is going to be a bread and butter budget. We can't afford to, uh, you know, huge spending initiatives. They're cutting the fuel excise cut that they uh, – Cutting the, the cut. Cutting the cut that the last government um, put in. They're kind of really trying to manage people's expectations that it isn't going to be a big spending budget. But every time they say they can't afford something – there's just these stage three tax cuts in the background where apparently we can afford to give $9,000 to high income earners. Yeah, that's right. So um, the treasurer has been out saying, well, we can't even afford to fund good ideas, but what they can afford to fund is (laughs) is the stage three tax cuts. And let's be clear, finding friends of the stage three tax cut is actually really hard to do. (laughs) Across the you know, across the spectrum, um, they're thought of as as rubbish. You'd, you'd be hard pressed to find an economist who thinks that that these enormous tax cuts at this point in time, um, with the budget the way it is, with inflation the way it is, that these huge tax cuts that almost overwhelmingly go to high income earners are a good idea. Um, and yet, you know, every time you hear the the government say or the treasurer say we can't afford that, just remember, you know, they can afford to introduce these stage-free tax cuts. $240 billion worth Yeah, there are a few things that make the submarine deal look cheap. This is one of the few (laughs) things that makes those subs look cheap. Oh, my goodness. It's such a huge amount of money, isn't it, to contemplate spending on? And of all the things that you could spend that money on, giving $9,000 a year. That's right. If if you were interested in cost of living relief, perhaps surgeons wouldn't be top of your list. Yeah. Jim Chalmers, despite a $50 billion better budget picture in the near term, continues to talk up the need for budget repair. I've got to be conscious of the fiscal situation. My commitment to your viewers is to always be upfront uh, about that, and that means doing what we can afford to do amongst all of the good ideas that are pitched up to us. We will progress what we can in the most responsible way that we can. So you when... That was another thing I wanted to ask you about, Matt. I mean, I remember us talking about this at the time that these income tax cuts were introduced by the last coalition government. And we were talking about the fact that they came in so much further down the track. They're still two years away at this point. Back then, that was before we had ever heard of coronavirus. Um, Inflation was low. Uh, Economic circumstances were quite different. And at the time, I think you were saying these are fiscally irresponsible to put in now because we don't know what the economic situation is going to be like a couple of years down the track. That's right. When they were first legislated, they were seven years away and and they copped a lot of criticism, including from me, um, saying, well, you don't know what the economic circumstances are going to be. You don't know where the economy is going to be at. Well, since then, as you say, we've had a pandemic, a massive recession. Um, Now we have a a large inflationary situation and we're still a couple of years out from seeing them come in. So um, who knows what the economic circumstances are going to be when they finally come in. But certainly the budget isn't an entire different position as it was when these were legislated. The economy is in an entirely different position and that's why they were were fiscally reckless then and why they're fiscally reckless now. And at a time when the budget deficit is big, uh, government debt is high and rising, it's the last thing that we need. If this Labor government is truly committed to closing the gap, they will scrap these tax cuts and put the money back into providing proper housing, proper health care, good education for First Nations people in this country. We would much rather that $244 billion goes to schools and hospitals instead of giving Clive Palmer a tax cut. 
So I did just want to talk about that massive price tag that is attached to these tax cuts. The Australia Institute has the Revenue Summit coming up. We want to start a conversation about revenue because we keep talking about all these reasons why government spending needs to increase. We need to pay our aged care workers better. There's more demands on our health system, for example. Um, Even the coalition wants to increase defence spending. Talk to me about the impact that these have, not only the, the price tag that comes along with it, but flattening the income tax rate. What's the overall impact on the economy and on Australia from these tax cuts in the long run? Well, by making it less progressive, what it does is it, it, it kind of permanently damages the, uh, the the amount of tax or the amount of revenue that the government can raise from income tax going into the future. Um, it also highlights what the government's priorities are. So, you know, what I love most about budgets, as I've said to you many times, is that it shows what, what the government prioritise, what they think is important. The government might tell you that something's important, but if they don't fund it um, in the budget, then clearly they don't really think it's important. Um, and if we look at these tax cuts, when they come in in their first year, they'll cost $17.7 billion. Now, that's more than the government spends on higher education. All their university spending, it's more than that. It's more than the, the government spends on public schools. It's more than they spend on the childcare subsidy. In fact, it's even more than they spend on the pharmaceutical benefit scheme. So these are all things that the government values less than the stage three tax cuts. Yeah, that's uh, quite a statement of priorities, isn't it? You've rejected calls to bring forward childcare subsidies. These are subsidies that you accept uh, will have a big dividend for the economy. And you've said you can't do that because of budget rules. Of course, investing in Australian parents and particularly Australian mums in a way that eases people's cost of living pressures and delivers a massive yes, so economic I know, dividend. We of know course, we think it's a good thing. This is course. a very precise question about your call for a well-being. Matt, you just mentioned that these tax cuts are uh, more or less going to cost more than the childcare subsidy, which the government has refused to bring forward its, its childcare um, subsidy reforms even, citing the fact that it's got budgetary pressures here. These tax cuts also have quite a disproportionate impact when it comes to gender, according to your research. Yeah, look, because these tax cuts mainly go to high-income earners and because high-income earners are predominantly men, then um, two-thirds of these tax cuts go to men and only a third go to women. So for every $2 that go to men, women only get a dollar of these tax cuts. That's very disproportionate indeed, and you can see how that would just entrench inequality essentially. Exactly right. It just makes in, uh, gender inequality worse because what we're doing is is we're growing the incomes of those on high incomes faster than those on low incomes, and because women disproportionately earn lower incomes because they're the ones working in aged care, they're the ones working in disability care and childcare who are, are getting very little, if any, of this tax cut, then yes, it just um, entrenches that um, gender inequality. So, Matt, bring it home for us. Give me your honest assessment of these tax cuts and what should happen from here. Oh, these tax cuts are terrible um, and they should absolutely be scrapped. If the government is concerned about um, giving cost of living relief... Um, then it, it can do it in a far more targeted way. It, it's not that the kind of cost of living relief that people are looking for isn't for people at the top end, it's for people at the bottom end. These tax cuts should be scrapped. I know that the, the government went to the last election, or the Labor Party went to the last election 
promising they wouldn't. But the, the, the circumstances that we're currently in are entirely different, even from when they were at the last election campaign. Interest rates were still 0.1% during the last election campaign. Um, the inflation hadn't taken off yet. When economic circumstances change, what you should you do? You should change what's happening. And, and these tax cuts are just not fit for purpose now, um, and the government should scrap them. And they're a bad idea in the first place. They were a bad idea in the first <laughs> place, yes. Thanks so much, Matt. We'll wrap it up there. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, the 27th of September, 2022, and things may have changed since recording. You can visit australiainstitute.org.au for all our latest research and content, and we're on Twitter at the Oz Institute with an AUS. My Twitter handle is ebony underscore Bennett with a double N double T, and Matt Grudnoff is at Matt Grudnoff. That's G-R-U-D-N-O-F-F. Our producer, Jennifer Macy, is at Jennifer Macy with additional editing from Emily Perkins. Our theme music is by Jonathan McFeet from Pulse and Thrum with additional music from Blue Dot Sessions. Thanks for listening.